I'd like to call up Tish. Tish is uh, going to be sharing the word with us tonight. And uh, yeah, she's a woman of stature. Um, not so much in the physical, but extremely in the spiritual. But Tish was actually my year of your life leader in 2005. So yeah, no, we, yes, they were serious stuff. The Lord is moving in those days and still is. So I'd just like to pray for you. <laughs> I'm just... Father, we thank you so much, firstly, for who you are. And we thank you that your image is evident within Letitia. And we thank you, Lord God, that tonight she is just putting herself in your hands to be used as a microphone to speak the word of God to us. And we thank you, Lord, that faith comes by hearing the word of God. And it is once we hear your word that we can live according to it. And so I pray tonight that you will speak through her and that our hearts will receive it like good soil that we will be able to reap not just 30 or 60-fold, but 100-fold of what you intend in our lives, Lord God, and how our lives form part of your plan and your purpose for mankind. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Garth. So when Garth says God was moving back in the day, he's talking about us here of your life is getting slain a lot in the Spirit. So those were good times, and I'm trusting God for more um, outpouring of his Spirit in this time. So we're focusing, good evening everyone, so we're focusing on community on a mission, and I've titled my message for tonight, Walking with God, Walking with God. I don't know if you've ever gone hiking, but a few years ago, my family and I, anybody out here that loves hiking? I heard a whoo, okay, so we've got a couple of hikers in our, in our midst. A few years ago, my family and I, um, went to the Cape, my mom, dad, sisters, um, my brother, and we went to the Cape and met my cousins and aunt there, and we went hiking up Table Mountain, um, and our mission was to get up, up to Hutchinson's Dam, okay? Yes, to get up to Hutchinson's Dam. I think I'd be saying, ah, oh, cool, because my maiden surname was Hutchinson, and so this was a big thing for my family as we hiked up Hutchinson's Dam. And the one thing that I remember was this. The day before the hike, my aunt actually gave us a, a pep talk or like a little, you know, just a talk of preparing us to do this hike now. And she mentioned the things that we were required to wear and have on us to make the hike easier. That would enable for that journey to be easy. The hikers out there, you know, there's no ways we're doing hiking up mountains with heels, eh? That, that, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And so when she told us what we needed to have, it was things like have your hat, have your sneakers or your tackies, have your backpack with sn um, snacks in it. And those were the things we were required to have to make it up to, to Hutchinson's Dam. And can I tell you, 20 minutes into the journey, man, was I grateful for my water bottle. I was so grateful for my water bottle and that I had my sneakers on. It was very um, needed in that time. Can I just say that? And so when I think of walking with God, there are things that he requires of us as a community to journey well. God knows where he's taking us as a people. He knows where he's wanting to journey with us as a community. But there are things that he requires of us to make the journey, 
to enable us to complete the journey to get up to whatever your Hutchinson's Dam is in the spirit or whatever our Hutchinson's Dam is as a community. There are things that the Lord has for us. And so would you turn with me to Micah 6, verse 8. On your devices, in your Bible. Does anybody here actually have one of those hard copy Bibles? Please lift up your hand. Wow, yay. Yay, my husband would love you. <laughs> okay, this is what it says. He has shown you, O mortal, I'm reading from the NIV. It says, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And so we know that this is not about the law, and we clothe ourselves in these things, not because we are meant to reach a certain requirement to reach the law standards. Jesus has already done that. But we clothe ourselves in these things because of relationship. Because of relationship with God. And God himself is clothed in this. Okay. So it's not about the law. It's about relationship. And can I just say this? God wants more for you and I than just to be born again. And so if you're born again, that's all fine and well, but God's got more for you. He's got more for you. He wants you to partner with him in his mission, in getting up to Hutchinson's Dam or whatever it is that he has for us. He's got more for us as believers. And so when I... I think of the first one, and I'd like to mention the first one. It says, acting justly. <laughs> Man, when I think of all the injustices in our nation, in our world, I can get easily discouraged. I don't know about you. Anybody out there where you just get so discouraged? Look, I've got two little girls, eh? <laughs> and then I just go, God, how are we going to do this? How are we going to raise our two little girls? in all the things that are happening in our society, in our world, and I can get easily discouraged. And then I hear this voice. <laughs> he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. So I look out there for the solution, and Jesus speaks to me, and he says to me, I have shown you what is good. And I love the fact that Jesus doesn't leave us clueless. So I'm not going around going, so how does that look to act justly? Can I say, if you want to know what it looks like to act justly, you don't have to look any far but Jesus as the example. Many times in Scripture, there are so many examples of his interaction and engagement with the world that he acted justly. Hey? And here's one thing that I noted, noted when I went into the Bible and just read a couple of scriptures of Jesus interacting and engaging with the world is this. Jesus acting justly was always, always, always rooted in love. And so here's the difference. The world talks about justice, but it separates mercy from justice. It puts justice on the one side and mercy on the other end. For Jesus, justice was rooted 
in love. And I'd like us to turn to James 2. And if you've got your Bibles, I'd like us to read that. And it says this. So here's an example for me of Jesus acting justly. Um, not, not Jesus acting justly, but here's an example of how Jesus would have acted justly. And just around the scripture that James mentioned, the, the things that he mentions in the scripture in James 2, and I want to read it for us. Because if I think of Jesus, and I'm so grateful for that from the bottom of my heart, that Jesus showed no favoritism. Can I say that? He didn't walk into a room and go, oh, your social status is high. I'm partnering with you. Can I tell you, he had a thief in charge of his money. Hey, we wouldn't do that. We'd go, whoa, wait a minute. Hey, so Jesus gathers all these 12 disciples that he wants to journey with, and it wasn't based on their status. He didn't go, oh, you a favorite, you a favorite. Ah, oh, you look good, I'll choose you. None of that. So let's read James and this is what it says, James 2, from verse 1 to 8. It says this, My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by, your, by my feet. You have, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor, is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the, the noble name of him whom you belong to? If you keep, if you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. This is quite a scripture, eh? This is quite a scripture. And so here's the thing. <laughs> when I said that justice, acting justly, and justice is rooted in love, it's because of that thing. When you love others as you love yourself, what does the scripture say? You are doing, you are doing right. How amazing is that? And that's justice. Garth was speaking about the people that are under the bridge or people that are under the bridge or the homeless. How do we treat those people? If you love your, those are our neighbors. <laughs> if you love your neighbor as you love yourself, you are doing right. And so justice is rooted in love. And I am so, so glad that I'm part of this community. Can I say that? I'm so glad to be part of this community that has the community ministries that Garth mentioned, has the missions that we support. Because can I say, 
That is the stuff that moves Jesus' heart. And can I say this, that the community ministries that Garth and them oversee and that the church is in support of, they deal with the real social issues in our nation. The prostitution, the drug addicts, hey? Jesus shows no favoritism. Those people are just as dear to his heart as one of us sitting here. And so can I say this to you tonight? If this is an area that God is pressing on your heart and he wants to equip you in this area of acting justly in terms of social justice, um, just to say this, that the Hatfield Leadership Academy on the 11th of November, they're having their second panel discussion on the believer's role in social justice. Because can I say this? We need men and women of God that know how to engage with the world on a real level and know how to address real social issues without just, ju without just being the judges of it, but not having the mercy. To be able to reflect God in that space and to have wisdom. The scriptures speak about being as gentle as a dove, but as wise as a serpent. And we want to be a people like that, that God can call forth and go, I want you to address this the way I would have. And that is acting justly. And can I say, you cannot walk with God and not engage with the world. It's impossible. It is impossible to say, I'm walking with God, but that stays there and I'll stay here. Because can I say this, when you walk with God, you come into contact with the real difficult things that happen in the world because it's on his heart. And when you're walking with God, what's on his heart touches your heart. Which leads me to our next one, and it's this, love, mercy. Okay. So now if I think of this, loving mercy, each one of us sit in this room. And just during worship again, I just went, thank you, God. Because each one of us sit in this room this evening because he was merciful to me. Hey, where were you before you became a part of his family? Where were you? Do you remember the day he called you into his family? That was the day he was showing you mercy. And his mercy was there long before that. But you came into contact with that very real mercy on that day. That he went, come, I want you to be part of my family. And so we all sit here because God has been merciful to us. I was sharing before in our pre-service prayer, um, Udo, where's Udo? He had the sense the whole week about this whole thing of justice and mercy, justice and mercy. And he heard that I'm speaking on Micah 6, verse 8, to, Micah 6, 8 tonight. And he just says, no, you know, this thing has been on my heart the whole week. And I said, you know what, Udo, the thing the Lord showed me was this, and I said it to you now too, that you cannot have justice separate from mercy and mercy separate from justice. They go together and they both rooted in love. You cannot have the one without the other. And Udo was just sharing with me that the Lord showed him the cross and that justice and mercy meet at the cross. So if you believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross for you, you believe he's the son of God, then you will 
come into contact with justice and mercy. And that thing would also need to be displayed in your life. And the thing with mercy is this. When we journey with the Lord and we come into contact with His mercy, and I experience His great mercy, then my heart for the lost, <laughs> can I tell you, can I tell you, just think with me now. Remember the day you first got born again? What was the first thing you wanted to do? You wanted to go and find others that could find, feel the same thing you feel. Hey, you wanted to go get others um, born again. You wanted to reach out to others. Why is that so? Because you tasted something of God. You tasted something of God that you didn't want to keep for yourself because it's so good that you wanted others to taste it too. And that's the thing about mercy and loving mercy, that when you're really, 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 really walking with God and really acknowledge His mercy on your life, you won't keep it to yourself. You want others to experience it too. If I think of journeying with the Lord and I think of this mountain now and us climbing up this mountain with the Lord, if I am walking with God and I come into contact with people on this mountain, I cannot be walking with God and come into contact with others without them coming into contact with Him. It's impossible. I walk in whatever mall with my husband and we bump into congregants or whoever and they go, hi, or people that he doesn't even know and they go, hi, Letitia, what's going to happen? I'm going to introduce him. <laughs> I am going to introduce my husband to the person I know, and they'll know him. So how many of us here say we're walking with God, but the people we come into contact with don't see God, don't know God, don't come into contact with God, and you walk away thinking, I'm walking with God. When was the last time someone came into contact with you and went, man, I see God in you and I want that. I want that. I want that. My husband and I'll tell you a story. It happened about two months ago. Sitley and I, um, it was a long day and... Um, just having meetings, and we picked the girls up, got Lichle from school. And I remember we drove just to buy milk on our way back home. Look, we're both tired now, hey? It's been a long day. We're just getting the milk and going home. That's it. Nothing else. Just the milk and going home. And we see this guy <laughs> outside of the local supermarket, and he's digging in the bins. And he's digging in the bins, and he's looking for anything, anything that he can just put into his mouth. And we've seen him before. And can I tell you, <laughs> our hearts were moved. Our hearts were moved for this young man. And I remember Sitley coming back out of the shop, and I just said to him, you know what, my love, we made a lot of food last night. I just felt moved in my heart that I could not leave this thing. And that's what Jesus does. <laughs> he moves you 
on the inside. You cannot walk away from the world and, you know, not be moved by Jesus with the things that break his heart in this world. And so he moved me on the inside. And I, I said to Sitle, you know what, the night before we made lots of food. I don't know why we made it, but now it makes sense. So we made lots of food. So I'm one of those people, when you finish your ice cream, two liter ice cream, I keep those, I keep those plastic containers. I don't know who else does. <laughs> I keep those plastic containers. Those are my plastic containers. I make Play-Doh for my kids sometimes and put it in there, but I keep those plastic containers. Because if you leave our home, you always leave with something, even if it's just the food we've made, you know? So I just said to Sidney, you know what? We've seen this guy before. We've made so much food. We've got so much food from last night. Can we not come back here and just give him the food? And Sidney says, yeah, okay, we can do that. And we're both tired, eh? So we've got extra plastic spoons. We put it in a two-liter Tupperware bowl. And here's the thing. That step of obedience of being moved by the Lord to meet someone on their practical need. <laughs> As I walked out of our home, so Sitte's waiting in the car for me to dish up the food, and now we're going to take this food and hoping that this guy will still be here, okay, be there. And so we dish up the food, and as we dish up, as I'm walking out of the flat now, dish up the food, getting ready to, the Lord speaks to me. Because of just that small act of obedience. And he says, I want you to give him the food, but I want you <laughs> to introduce him to me. And so we could have been tired and gone, no, man, let's just leave it. And it would have been a moment missed. So we drive down to the local supermarket and we see him and we call him. And we give him this food. Man, is he grateful. I don't think he could even concentrate on us talking. He just wanted the food. And we looked at him. And you know those little small cards that we hand out as we, we help people? And, and when they give their lives to the Lord on a Sunday, you've got those little cards. Can you, <laughs> my husband, amazing. He carries one in his pocket every day, hoping. That's it there for you, hoping he's going to meet someone that's going to need that card. And on that day, it was for that guy. And so he takes this thing out of his pocket and he leads him through the ABCs of salvation. And this guy gives his heart to the Lord, gives his heart to the Lord. But can I say this? Is God not good that he will meet your physical need and your spiritual need? Hey, how amazing is God? It reminds me of the story in the scriptures where it speaks about the crowds that came and listened to, the, to Jesus. And as they were leaving, the Lord said, you know, those guys are not going to make it back home. We need to give them something to eat. That's the God I serve. The God that takes note of our community ministries that are dealing with the real issues. And so when you're walking with God, <laughs> you're able to address the physical and the spiritual and it reminds me of that song. I d I'm not going to sing it now. For those of you who don't know, I was in Pop Idols, but I didn't get in. So I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. So it reminds me of that song of Peter and John. Do you guys know the, the song of Sunday school song? Peter and John went to pray. They found a layman on their way. I'm not going to sing. <laughs> okay. And, and so Peter and John go praying. And they see Lazarus, this um, poor man. And he's putting out his arms, and they look at him, and they go, we don't have silver. We don't have gold. But what we have, we'll give you. And what do they have? Jesus. 
<laughs> and can I tell you to the world, that is the best gift we can give. Because if you give them Jesus, he'll show you how to meet other needs. Man, he's a clever God. Ah, he's a clever God. He'll show you how to meet others' ne other needs. And when I think of our world, and if I think of this walking with God, and I think of this mercy, loving mercy, there are so many areas in society that just need some kindness and mercy. Hey, we don't have to look very far. I mean, if you put the radio on, if you look at the, listen to the news, put your TV on, there's so many areas that need God's mercy and his kindness. And I'm wondering, could we be those people? Hey, could we be that community? Hey, a people of God that could express his kindness where judgment, where judgment would be the, the thing to do. Could we express his mercy and his love? Hey, how many people in our nation, in our world, is in need of a kind word, of just kindness? I think that came through the worship this evening. Hey, just this loving kindness from the Lord. And so I'm wondering if we could be an expression of that. In Romans 2, from verse 1 to 4, but I'll read a small bit. It says this, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience? not realizing that God's kindness leads you towards repentance. When God spoke about Pastor Latsulu mentioning the open chairs, yeah, we're sitting tonight in this minor auditorium. How many open chairs are there here? Hey? And how's about this? Could it be that your act of kindness this week could fill up the seat next to you next Sunday. Could it be that? Could your act of kindness fill up the seat next week by you just showing God's kindness in that sense? And so it's easy to point fingers in the society we live in. It's this person and that thing and this thing. That's why our country, it's all just our country's not working this and that and that. Could it be that the Lord as he says here, it's my loving kindness that leads you to repentance. Could it be that we are an expression in this week to come of his loving kindness which would draw others towards him and that they would repent? Hey? So think about that. Again, I say this. You cannot come into contact with others while walking with God and for them not to come into contact with God. Okay, remember that one. The third one, and it says this, is to walk humbly with our God. Is to walk humbly with our God. See, when I'm walking with God, the focus is not on me. It's on Him. And if I go back to my story of the hiking up on Table Mountain to Hutchinson's Dam, my aunt had been up the mountain before. She'd been up the mountain before. She knew the do's and don'ts. She knew what we needed because she had probably learned the hard way. Don't do that, okay? Don't go there. Don't, the safety of going up. So she had been on the mountain before. And when we were walking with her, she was leading us, but she was walking alongside us. 
And so Jesus knows where he's wanting to take us as a community. Okay? And we have to submit to his leading. But what I love about Jesus, Jason, would you come here? <laughs> is that when Jesus is walking with us and he's leading us, he's not doing this. He's walking in front of you and you're walking behind him. Because sometimes that's the, that's, thank you, Jason, that's the picture we have of him. But actually what Jesus is doing is he's walking alongside you and he's leading you. And can I tell you, I'm sorry, I get excited about this because only God can do that. Because he's not intimidated. <laughs> he's not intimidated. He knows who he is. So he does not have to walk up front and you need to walk behind. He doesn't need to do that. Hey, someone that knows who they are can submit and be humble. It's the people that don't know who they are that you find pushing to the front. The most confident person in the room is the one who knows how to be humble. For Jesus to be able to walk with us and walk alongside us, but he knows he's leading us, man, that's a God for you, hey? That's a God for you. It's incredible. And so we are to model that. We are to model his humility. And the only way we do that is to know who we are in Christ. Because if we don't know who we are in him, we won't be able to submit to him. Okay. Corne Becker, um, he's the dean of Regent University. He's a professor at U um, Regent University. He wrote an article on leading with the head bound, bowed down. Leading with the head bowed down. And it's just an article around humility. It speaks about humility. And in his article, very good article if you want to read um, it. And in his article, he touches on the St. Benedict's 12 Steps to Humility. He touches on that. And tonight, I don't want to touch on all 12. <laughs> I think we, we're not going to do all 12. Because I think some, most of us are humble in this room, right? <laughs> so we're not going to touch on all 12. But there's three for me that stood out that I think would be fitting for this evening. And I want to mention them tonight. And it's this. Number one, respect God. How do we do this humility thing? We respect God. But what does that mean? What does it mean to respect God? It means this, to keep the fear of the Lord. And can I tell you that is so needed in our day and age. The fear of the Lord is so needed. Hey, so to respect God is to fear God in a reverent way. Not afraid of him in the sense that he'll harm you, but to revere him, to respect him. And with that comes a, a letting go of our own will and going, God, your will. Because can I tell you, the one way you respect God is that very thing. Where you go, God, not my will, but your will be done. And that takes humility. To be able to say that, not my will, because it's submission. You're submitting to something bigger than yourself. And so when you say, not my will, but your will be done. There's humility in that. The second one is this. Be obedient 
at all times, especially when it's difficult. I just see people going, oh, I don't want to hear that now. Hey? Be obedient at all times, especially in difficult situations. Because can I say, <laughs> it's easy to be obedient to God when the things are going your way. It's very easy to be obedient to God. Things are going your way. Yes, God, we're doing this thing. But the moment it gets difficult, we want to take the easy way out. Isn't it so? I don't know about you. Isn't it so? We want to take the, the easy way out. But can I tell you, the thing about humility is this. If you obey God in the very difficult times, you become more like Jesus. If you really, really want to become more like Jesus, be obedient in the difficult times, in the difficult situations. When he's saying for you, don't take that bribe. Don't take it. Don't take that bribe. Be kind. Forgive. When he's telling you to do those things in the difficult times, again, humility is when you submit to God. And when you submit to what he's asking of you in the difficult things, you become more like him. And when you're walking with him, what is the idea? Obviously, there's a companionship. But when you're walking with God, you'll become more like him. I don't know if you know this. Well, you probably do. But um, when you're walking with someone for a long time, even when you with, you'll know Gideon, when you're married to your spouse for a while, there's things that start becoming the same between you. You start talking a little bit the same. Some people say you start looking the same. <laughs> but there's... There's, there's a commonality. There's something that, that's the same. There's a likeness. And when you're walking with Jesus, you transform into his likeness. And that is what we want to do. We want to walk humbly and submit to him in difficult situations so that we can become more like him as we walk with him. Number three is this. Adopt a humble posture. Adopt a humble posture. Can I say this? <clears throat> Whatever is in one's heart always displays itself on the external. Can I say that? The scriptures are clear too. It says what comes out of the, what comes, what, what's full in the heart comes out of the mouth. Hey? So if you want to know what's actually inside someone, just listen to them. Just listen to them. But here's another thing. If you want to see if someone is truly humble, there'll be a posture in the natural even that will show humility. There's a posture of humility. Because what happens in the spirit and in our hearts will always display itself in the natural. Hey? So if you're really loving and kind, that thing will show. If you're a really bitter and angry person, that thing will show. And so... We are to adopt a posture of humility. And can I say this? It starts in the heart. Because when you adopt a posture of humility in your heart, that thing will be easily displayed in the way you live, the way you talk, the way you move, hey? the way you engage with the world, the way you, you interact with others. You have that thing naturally flow because it started in the heart. And so I wonder tonight where you are with regards to these three things. 
And the thing is, we hold these three things in tension. It's not that the one is without the other. You cannot walk in humility if you, are, if you don't have mercy. And you can't have the mercy with it. You understand what I'm saying? All those three, we hold in tension. And they go together and they all are rooted in love. But I wonder tonight as you were sitting here, which one the Lord has highlighted for you? Which one has the Lord highlighted for you? Is it the justice one acting justly? Is the Lord stirring you in that area? Is it the one about the mercy? Does your week ahead look hectic and you're actually going, okay, God, I hear you speaking to me about mercy? Or is the Lord speaking to you and going, I need you to walk humbly with me? And so as you sit there, what is the Lord touching and you and impressing on your heart tonight? And what is the thing he is wanting you to express this week at university, in your family, with the people you come into contact with from these three things? I want to pray for us, and I want to trust God for this tonight. I'll ask us to stand in a moment, but I want to trust God for this tonight. That as we are obedient in whichever one he impresses on our hearts, that as we are obedient in that area, that he will be able to move us to the next area and the next area. And that as we are obedient in all three areas, <laughs> that this world ain't seen what we've got. Because we carry Jesus. And that we would display Jesus in such a real way that people will go, I want what you have and I want it now. Could I ask us to stand? And so will you bring the thing that God has impressed on your heart? And actually what we want to do is just say, God, I want to allow you to work in that area. And so, Father, we come before you this evening and we thank you that you have shown us what is good and that you want us to walk with you to the places as a community that you have for us the spaces in the spirit that you have already occupied for us that you are wanting to lead us to. I pray, Father, that whatever it is that you have impressed on each one's heart tonight, that they would respond to you in obedience and go, okay, God, yes, God. And that in this coming week, that they would be able to apply that which you have impressed on their hearts tonight. That this week would be a different week for every single one year, Lord. That we would be able to show the world that you have shown us what is good. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with you, our God. In Jesus' name, amen.